All right, Fritzberg and bloodandfaith.com. It's Sunday morning by the time you're hearing this, and uh, we are in Judges chapter 3 and 4, and uh, we're going to talk about how God raised up the judges. Judges chapter 3 and 4. Verse 1. Now, these are the nations which the Lord had left to test Israel by them. That is, all who would not experience any of the wars of Canaan, only in order that the sons of Israel might be taught war, those who had not experienced it formerly. Again, the Holy Scriptures are eternal. They're forever and ever and ever. Do not read the book of Judges and say to yourself, oh, this is a story that happened a long time ago. Isn't it really cute? No, no, this is the eternal Word of God. It applies today. Absolutely, positively applies today to your life, to your church, to your family, to your kin and kith and bloodline. This isn't something that, 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 that happened way back then that you can, you can wink and nod and say, isn't that a cute story? God left challenges for every generation to teach those who didn't know how to fight to fight. He wants you to know how to fight, to go to battle, to win a war, to destroy your enemies, your blood enemies. Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, listen and learn. Listen and read. These are the nations with the, which the Lord left. The Lord left them there to test Israel. Hello. The great honor in this life is testing. We don't get that. Angels don't get that kind of testing. We don't get that testing up here when you're eating your grapes up in heaven, sitting around on a, on a, on a nice little cloud, drinking your little glass of wine and, and eating smoked salmon or whatever you're going to do up there. You're going to get it right here. You're getting it in this life. You're going to get war. You're going to get challenges. You're going to get battle. You're going to be scared to death. And you better stand up. You better stand forth. Oh, man, don't leave the gold on the table, man. Don't leave the gold on the table. God wanted each generation to learn to go to war. These nations were left, verse 4, for the testing of Israel to find out if they would obey the commandments of the Lord which he had commanded them through their fathers, through Moses. Listen to your ancestors. Your ancestors served Jesus Christ. You better serve Jesus Christ. And if it skipped a generation or two, go back and find your grandparents from Europe that served Jesus Christ. If you're from Europe, you got a cross on your flag at some point in your history. There's still a cross on the flag of Greece. The cross of Jesus Christ flies on, on the, the Russian military flag. Finland, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, England, Scotland. France was a Christian nation. Unfortunately, they got those stripes out there like we do. Need to get the cross back on the flag over, over North America. Not this Enlightenment atheistic nonsense. We need the cross of Jesus Christ on flags over Christian nations in North America. God bless Australia and New Zealand. They still have the cross on their flags. Part of the cross comes right out of the sky, right out of the heavens. The Southern Cross. The cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, we're going to build Christian nations. God's left some nations out there that we got to take out, that we got to battle, we got to fight, we got to go to war, and we cannot be afraid. We're going we're to learn the story of, Joshua, of, of Deborah and Barak this morning. 900 iron chariots. Before that, we're going to learn about the fat man that dies. The nations are left for the testing. And we're, we live in the greatest age of all time. 
Man, the battles are thick. The enemies are thick. There's iron chariots on every side. There's fat men just want to eat off our substance. Oh, God, it's a good time to be alive, to fight these evil... I won't say a bad word. The sons of Israel lived among the Canaanites. Hello, do we not live among the Canaanites? The Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And here's the evil. And they took their daughters for themselves and their wives and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. This is evil. It's evil to mix with other peoples. I wish I didn't have to say this. I wish I didn't have to say this. I don't want to say this. But I, I can't escape it from the Holy Scriptures. I cannot escape it from the Holy Scriptures. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and on down the line. They stuck to their kith and kin. They stuck to their clan. For whatever clan you're in, marry somebody that looks like your mom and dad. And here, oh, we're, we're in peaceful coexistence. We're all going to get along. We're all one big happy family. You take my sons for your daughters, your daughters for my sons. Jesus Christ doesn't like this. What do you mean, Jesus Christ? He wasn't around back. Oh, yes, he was. He's the same yesterday, today, and for when the, when the Old Testament, when the Bible talks about the Lord, it's talking about Jesus Christ. It's talking about Jesus Christ when it, when it talks about the Lord here in the book of Judges and, and Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus. No, it's Jesus Christ. The patriarchs served Jesus Christ. They saw Jesus Christ. They talked to Jesus Christ. Moses spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ face to face as a man talks to his friend. Well, how do, you, how do you know that was Jesus Christ? He hadn't been born yet. It was the pre, Jesus Christ pre-incarnation. Jesus Christ was very clear. No man has seen the Father. I and mean, it's as simple as that. If no man has seen this Father, who's the Lord? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ used to talk to Adam and Eve in the garden. They didn't know him by that name then. Jesus Christ incarnates 2,000 years ago from today when he's born back there. But the Lord is eternal. He was around before the creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things came into being through Him. Who's Him? It's Jesus Christ. You know your Bible? Hebrews chapter 1, in many ways, in many portions, God spoke to the forefathers and the ancestors through the prophets, but in these last days He's spoken us to through His Son, through whom and by whom He created all things. That's Jesus Christ. If he created all things, he was there before everything. Jesus Christ said, hey, I am, he says, before Abraham was born, I am claiming the mantle of Godhood. I am. When Moses is speaking to God Almighty, when he's speaking to Jesus Christ, Moses says, hey, God, hey, Lord, who do I tell my people that sent me? And he, tells, he says, tell them I am. Tell them I am. So when Jesus Christ comes and he shows up, he goes out and he says, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. And they picked up stones to stone him because he was claiming to be God and he was telling you the truth. He was telling you the truth. I am. The I am was there. And when they speak to the Lord in Genesis and Judges and Joshua, they're speaking to the Lord Jesus Christ. The sons of Israel lived among the Canaanites and they intermixed and intermarried. No, wrong, wrong answer. 
I can't escape this, guys. It's in the Holy Scripture over and over and over and over. Well, that's not very tolerant. That's not very diverse. That's not peaceful coexistence. I don't care. Babel was supposedly peaceful coexistence, and, and Jesus Christ came out and destroyed it and drove these people away. They would have their own races and their own ethnic groups. Well, my, my ancestors are mixed. Well, so are mine. It, do, it doesn't change the Word of God. It doesn't change the Word of God. You don't change the Word of God to fit your circumstances. That's like saying, I'm a homosexual, and so God must love homosexuals. <laughs> God, come on, people, grow up. Be mature. Be a man. It's all like, be a man. All right. The sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Hello. They did what was evil in the sight. Why? They mixed with the peoples. They intermarried. They got drawn off to other gods. And they forgot the Lord their God, and they served the Baals and Ashtoreth. We serve the Baals and Ashtoreth in the United States of America today, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Canada, in the lands of Christendom. And we serve Moloch, that evil god of, of child sacrifice called abortion. It's, it's just a different, same gods, different names. If you open up your eyes, you can see who it is. Judges chapter 3, verse 8. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, as it is against Australia and New Zealand and Canada and the United States and all the lands of Christendom. The anger of the Lord is kindled against us, so that he said to the, sent them into the land, into the hands of Cushan, this pagan god, king of Mesopotamia. And the sons of Israel served Cushan, I can't even pronounce his name, that's how foreign they are, served him eight years. These are forever laws. You don't get to say, oh, a judges doesn't apply to me. Yes, it applies to you, applies to your kith, applies to your kin, applies to your church, applies to, applies to your nation. There's testing for every generation. Will you cower from the fight? Will you refuse to show up to battle? We're going to learn about that. Revelation 20. 1 verse 8. You know who goes to hell? You want to know who the first people that go to hell are? It's the damn cowards. For the cowardly and the unbelieving. And then later on it comes the perverse. Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone the second death. You need to understand that as we're reading through uh, 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 Judges this morning. First people that go to hell are the cowards. Second are the unbelieving. Later on you get the perverts and, and the liars and the, and the thieves and the murderers. This life is where you have a chance to be brave. Only in this life. And the cowards God will cast aside and throw them into hell. According to Revelation 21 verse 8. The cowardly and the unbelieving. You know how you unbelieve? God calls you to do something and say, oh, that wasn't God. I'm telling you. How do I know? Because I've lived it. How do I know? Because I've lived it. I know because I've lived it. And I've done the same thing y'all have done. I'm not any better than anybody else. God calls you to do something. Oh, that wasn't God. Because it's scary, you have to listen to the small, still voice inside of you. You have to believe, you have to do dangerous things, you have to do things that are crazy and don't make any sense at all. Oh, I can't be God. God wouldn't have you do that. The cowardly and the unbelieving lead the troop into hell. Not the cigarette smokers. Jesus Christ had enemies. 
Oh, God, Jesus loved everybody. No, Jesus Christ had enemies. They hated his guts, and he hated them. Jesus Christ hated them. And they hated Jesus Christ. Church, why can't you recognize that? Because you want to live in peaceful coexistence with the Antichrist. That's why, because you're afraid, and you're cowardly, and you're unbelieving. Have some courage to open your mouth and say what Jesus Christ said about his own enemies. Have the courage. To, that's, that's the arrow. We're so full of fear and trembling and doubt and unbelief and cowardice. Why would God even bother saving this generation? Cast them all into hell. You can't say what Jesus Christ said. You're ashamed of the words of Jesus Christ. You're ashamed to identify the very enemy that Jesus Christ had. And so you're going, oh, no, they're not his enemies. They're his brothers. He loves them. No, they're his enemies. Read the Holy Scriptures. John 4, 8, John 8, 44. You are of your father. The devil, Jesus Christ, said to the enemies of Jesus Christ. Revelation 2, 9. Revelation 3, 9. Jesus says, hey, I know about the slander of the people that call themselves Jews. I know about all the slander of those who call themselves Jews, but they're liars and they're of the synagogue of Satan. Can't you say what Jesus Christ said? Oh, they're not the enemies of God. Oh, yes, they are. Jesus Christ said they are. He says, they're, 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 uh, he says I know the slander. Revelation 2, 9. I know the slander of those who call themselves Jews, but they're liars. They're liars. Then they're of the synagogue of Satan. And the churches are they're full of cowards. They won't go out and say what Jesus Christ said. Mark 8, 38 applies to you. You're ashamed of me and my words. I'll be ashamed of you when I show up with my Father's holy angels. All of Judges is about this. This is especially the story this morning. We're going to get to Deborah and Barak. But right now we've got to get to Ehud. Ehud's an awesome story too. Judges 3, verse 9, When the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer. They raised up Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Courage and cowardice run in bloodlines. Both. You got bloodlines of courage, you got bloodlines of cowardice. This is a bloodline of courage. Caleb was one of the, tw one of the 12 spies. He went to the land and said, No, we can take the lands. Don't listen to these 10 spies. We can take this land. We can take them from the giants. And so he had a younger brother named Kenaz, er, a younger brother named uh, Kenaz, and then his son Othniel becomes a judge. He becomes a judge, all right? Courage ran in that bloodline. Make your sons full of courage. Set the example. Be brave. Do dangerous things. Say dangerous things that put your life at risk. Believe when God calls you. When God calls you, don't hide and say it's not God. Say, you know what? That is the Almighty. That is God Almighty. I'm, I'm going to go out and do it, even if it costs me my life. You only have this life to make that decision. You only have the time in this life to do the things that God has called you to do. And He will never call you to do something that doesn't cost you something. He's not going to call you to do something that, that, that any coward can do. He's not going to tell you to go do something that doesn't cost calls for sacrifice and danger and bravery and courage. He's not going to call you to do something that, that is meaningless. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be hard. And there's fear and there's doubt. 
and there's danger and there's risk, and you got to march into the battle. You got to march into the battle. You have to do that. It's your honor. It's the gold that will you will take with you on, on on the way to the judgment day. So Kenaz gave him deliverance. They had rest for forty years. Deliverance comes through these people, and the slavery came because they abandoned Jesus Christ. All the patriarch, patriarchs served Jesus Christ. The patriarchs served Jesus Christ. They were not Jews. God, I hate that. I hate it when people say that. They're not Jews. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, we're not Jews. You want to know what the Jews are like? Read the book of Esther. They're godless, rootless, soulless people with no attachment to the law of God or Jesus Christ or Moses. They're in it for themselves, and they will slaughter anybody they perceive as an enemy. That's the story of the book of Esther. God doesn't even show up in the book of Esther. I did a podcast on that a couple days ago. Go back and listen to it. Book of Esther. Rootless, soulless, godless, worshipped themselves. It was all about themselves. And they went out and they slaughtered their enemies. You want to know the modern Jew? Read the book of Esther. I'm trying to do you guys a favor and set you free. Free from your cowardice. Show you what the Word says. The sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord so that the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab. Guess what? You want to go do evil? The Lord will strengthen your enemies. Who's your enemy? It's always the same people that were the enemies of Jesus Christ. Who's going to be your enemy? It's the same people that murdered Stephen, that murdered James, that beat Saul. That sawed the Christians in half in Hebrews chapter 11. Who hounded and went after the church in the book of Acts? There's only one people that did. There's only one people. And it wasn't the Romans. It was the Jews over and over and over and over. It's the Jews. Those who call themselves Jews, but they're of the synagogue of Satan. Says our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Oh, you can't say that. Oh, I did say that. Jesus Christ said, I'm proud of what Jesus Christ said. I'm proud of what he said. And the battle is today. The battle is now. The battle is here on earth. Oh, but we war against principalities and power. Yeah, those two. Those two. But don't you know they work through people? Oh, no, they're just on their own. No, 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 no. I mean, what are you? What do you? Look at yourself. You think God's just out there flitting around like in some little spirit in a cloud somewhere and just does everything? Or does he work through his hands and feet, the church? And what do you think the synagogue of Satan is but the hands and feet of Satan himself? Wake up, church. It's time to be mature. It's time to be mature and put on big boy pants and grow up. Understand who the enemy is and face the enemy and fight like men. All right, so there's this King Eglon, big fat dude, obese. Don't be obese. Don't be obese. Well, that's my horn. I Listen, all right, I'll shut up. I know I'm, I'm meddling now. Ehud, a Benjamite, left-handed man, he made a sword. He made a sword. He made a physical sword, 18 inches long, strapped it on. Here, the phrase strap on, he strapped it on. It comes right out of the Bible. 
She said, well, I'm going to go strap on. Where does that come from? It comes from the Holy Scriptures. Strap on your sword on your thigh. Levites had it. Ehud had it. So he goes into this king. He's supposed to bring tribute to the king. He goes to the king to bring him tribute. Here's the money so that you don't, so you leave us alone. So here's the money. So he speaks to him privately. Ehud takes the sword from his right thigh. It's very specific. These are real stories. They're not allegories. They're real stories of real people that did real things. This isn't a fairy tale of, of moral precepts. And he thrust it into his belly, and the handle also went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not draw the sword out of his belly, and the refuse came out. His intestines were spilling out of his big fat belly, and he shoved the sword in, and he had so much fat it covered up the handle of the sword, and he left it there as his entrails are pouring out. God, this is a good story. Read this to your children. This is the Bible. This is the Holy Scriptures. It's eternal. It's forever and ever and ever. There's no appeal to the United Nations. He didn't go to court. He didn't sue. He didn't rally. He didn't have a little uh, uh, get-together and, and complain. He took a sword and he stick it through his belly. Action. Men of action. And Deborah told him, well... That's where I'm getting ahead of myself here. He struck down 10,000 Moabites, all robust and valiant men. No one escaped. So Moab was subdued under the hand of Israel. Now, who was Moab? You guys remember Moab? Remember Lot had a little thing going on with his daughters? I know, I know, it's a sick story. Daughters of Lot, Lot's wife dies. Lot's daughters sleep with him. And that's where you get the Moabites and the Ammonites. Amazing, amazing. I'm telling you, the Bible's a good story. You know who else was a Moabite? Ruth was a Moabite. Ruth was also related to Abraham. She comes out a lot, which was Abraham's nephew. Got to know the Bible. Got to know the word. Okay? Ruth becomes an ancestress of King David, who's the ancestor of Mary. But the bloodline doesn't flow through the female. There's reasons I'm telling you this stuff, fight, guys. Bloodline don't throw through, flow through the female. It does not flow through the female. It flows through the male. The Jews have a mat matrilineal line of patriarchy. It, that's, that's a, that's, they have a matrilineal line of descent. They don't have patriarchy. Why? Because everything about them is an inversion. Judges chapter 4. All right, here's the good stuff. I haven't even got to the good stuff yet. I'd make sure we're still recording here, because, gosh, I'd be terrible if I wasn't. Deborah's a prophetess. Okay, in the Bible, you start seeing women rising up to being in charge. There's a problem with the men. Now, God bless Deborah, but where are the men? And you see the story here. Deborah, she's a prophetess. She delivers Israel. She calls Barak. He said, hey, you need to be in charge to go defeat these people. And Barak, he quails in, in, in fear. And he says, I'm not going unless you go. She says, okay, fine, you're going to go, but the honor will be for the women. Men, come on. Stand to, stand up. Stop being afraid of what people are going to call you. Oh, you're racist and sexist and homophobic and transphobic and queerphobic and intolerant and divisive and anti-Semitic. You got to, man, let that run off your back like water off a duck's back. Rally to those words and say, I don't care. Bring it. Bring your little nasty little words to me. 
And what's the worst you can do? Kill me? What's the worst you can do? Men arise. Men arise. The Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, the king of Canaan. All right, he's an evil demon worshiping monster. And the commander of his army was Sisera, and he lived in a city that I can't pronounce. Now, these judges not only delivered Israel, they also cleansed the lands of the peoples that had to be destroyed. They finished the job. They not only delivered Israel, but they got rid of these people 10,000 at a time. The, the, the soldiers, the warriors, the mighty men of, of the enemy wiped them out. Peace is not optional. It goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15. He says, I'm going to put enmity, which is a hatred unto death, between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Enmity. Peaceful coexistence is not possible. The only way peaceful coexistence is possible is if you submit to the Antichrist that is here today. Oh, the Antichrist is still coming. No, that's not what the Holy Scriptures say. Go read First and Second John. The Antichrist is, is here now. What you heard is coming and is already here. There's an Antichrist in every generation. The Lord leaves these pagan armies here every generation for you to fight. You're either going to submit to them or you're going to go to battle with them and fight them. It's not optional. Peace is not optional. All these bumper stickers that say coexist, burn them. Burn them. Peaceful coexistence. That's if you want to bow and grovel before the Antichrist. Not for me, buddy. Go get your honor off the shelf and put it on. Speak up and speak out. Say what Jesus Christ said. It's evil to expect to live in peace with the Antichrist. Who's the Antichrist? Those who deny the Father and the Son. That's the Antichrist. Those who deny that the Messiah has already come in the flesh. I don't want to spell it out for you because I want you to learn the Bible. Who is it talking about? Learn the Bible. Who is it that denies the Father and the Son? It's all throughout the Gospels, all throughout the book of Acts. John's epistles. And if you can't figure that out, Revelation 2.9 and Revelation 3.9. It's crystal clear. Christians today prefer to live under slavery. They've been conditioned to it by their pastors and their leaders. And we've been utterly subdued. We like the slavery. Oh, someday... We'll get raptured. Oh, someday he'll save us from the hour of trial. And we love living in slavery. We love it. We sit there and complain, oh, there's evil in the world. But we won't do a darn thing to stand up to it. We won't say the words of Jesus Christ and identify the enemies of Jesus Christ, which are our enemies. You won't, you won't even defend Jesus Christ. You won't defend him. These nations are left in every generation so that we learn to fight. Oh, but we just need to love everybody. You're a coward. You're a coward and unbelieving, and you're going to split hell wide open. If you don't have the courage to speak, you don't have courage. Our goal as the church is to normalize truth. What is truth? It's what Jesus Christ said. And his enemy is my enemy. And it better be yours. Otherwise you're on the wrong side of this fight. 
If you've made peace with the Antichrist, if you made peace with the enemy, if you made peace who, with those who deny the Father and Son, the Bible says that, you, you, that you, you put your hand to wickedness. 2 John, verse 11. If you're going out there and calling your brothers and, and, and get living in peace and this and that, it says you put your hand to support their wickedness. You're a traitor to Jesus Christ. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Yeah, I said that. The patriarchs served Jesus Christ. Please, please, please. The patriarchs saw Jesus Christ. They knew Jesus Christ. They spoke with him face to face. Jacob wrestled with Jesus Christ. Moses spoke with Jesus Christ face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Abraham spoke and saw Jesus Christ. Oh, they saw God the Father. Jesus Christ said, no man has seen the Father. You don't believe Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ was very clear. No man has seen the Father except me. That's what Jesus Christ said. Nobody has seen the Father. Well, who did they talk to? They talked to the Lord. Who's the Lord? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Nothing can be clear from the Holy Scriptures. It's right there. They saw Jesus Christ. They were loyal to Jesus Christ. And later on, the Jews turn away from Jesus Christ and deny Him. That's why they're Jews. That's why they become Jews. And it starts in the Babylonian exile. It starts before that. It starts all the way in the Exodus when they said, you didn't serve me when you left Egypt. You didn't serve me. You, you took your, the star of your god, Ramtha, the demon star that's on their, their flag to this day. It's all right there. It's all right there in the Holy Scriptures. Later, later on, Babylon, they start saying, well, we're, we're, you know, we're going to call ourselves. They don't even call themselves Hebrews or sons of it. No, we're Jews. You want to know what a Jew is? Go read the book of Esther. That's what a Jew is. No reference to God whatsoever. You don't want to know how they act? Read the book of John. Read the, read the book of, of Acts. Read John's epistles. Read the Revelation. It's there in black and white and red and white. All right, now, guy's got to go out there. He's got to fight against these evil people. Brack's got to fight these evil people. All right, these evil people had 900 chariots. And the sons of Israel were basically unarmed. We'll see that in the Song of Deborah. They're basically unarmed. They got 900 chariots, and, and the enemies have 900 chariots. Deborah tells uh, Barak, he said, you, you need to go and get the sons of Naphtali, and the sons of, i got to see if I can remember this. He said, go get these guys and go fight them. You don't think they're scared? They're terrified, and they got to go and fight them. And so they go and fight them, and they win. Sisera flees. He leaves. And here's where the honor comes in for the women. All the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword, not even one was left. I don't care how dangerous it looked. I don't care. You're called to go anyway. And if you die, you die. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, we're not bowing down. We're not giving an inch to you. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to say something to make you happy. Even though we can go live our lives and do our little drum banging ceremony in our church. Oh, just let us bang our drums in church and we'll, you know, we'll do anything you tell us to do. That's the state of the church today in 2023. In all the lands of Christendom. 
Oh, we get to bang our trums and, and sing and have a women's prayer breakfast. Go on our retreats. And your country has gone to hell. And your country has literally gone to hell. And they're cutting body parts off your kids and you still can't say a word. So Sister flees, but J.L., Eber's wife, she took a tent peg and seized a hammer in her hand and went secretly to him and drove the peg into his temple. And it went through into the ground and he was sound asleep and exhausted and he died. God, what a glorious story. What a beautiful story this is. He fled. J.L. said, well, come here. I'll, you know, I'll give you a little bit of... A little comfort, give you a little bit of milk, falls asleep. She takes a tent peg, drives it through his skull into the ground. Very vivid, very explicit. It happened. It really happened. Great Christian woman, wonderful Christian woman, JL. Barak didn't do this. A woman did. Honor goes to the women because the men didn't stand up and they were afraid. The hand of the sons of Israel pressed heavier and heavier upon Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, the king of Canaan. There is no peace. There is no peace. You know when there's peace? There's peace when you're slaughtered or enslaved. Then you have peace. You like that? You like being a slave? I don't like being a slave. I'm a, I'm a rebel. I'm a rebellion against the enemies of Jesus Christ. I'm an utter rebellion against the enemies of Jesus Christ. I'm very loud. I'm very proud about it. No apologies. What's the worst they can do to me? Give me honor for the judgment day? Come on, pastor. Come on, preacher. Hate those who Jesus Christ hates. Oh, Jesus didn't hate anybody. Then why is he sending people to hell? Why is he tell people to their face, you're the sons of Satan himself, and you're going to split hell wide open? Is that love? What's your definition of love? Well, it's telling the truth. Well, then say the truth. In Jesus' name. Go say the truth. Say what he said. I, all I'm asking you to do, all I'm telling you, all I'm commanding you to do is say exactly what Jesus Christ said and what the Holy Scriptures say. That's it. No more, no less. You speak less, Jesus Christ will be ashamed of you when he shows up at the second coming you preach every Sunday morning. Jesus Christ will look at you and said, oh, so you were ashamed of my words? You wouldn't say what I said about those people? Well, I didn't want to be anti-Semitic, Jesus. He says, I don't know this guy. I don't know who this pastor is. I don't know who he is. He, he did everything he could to be friends with the world, friends with those who hated me. Time for rebellion, people. It's time for rebellion. It's time for rebellion against the seed of the serpent. Time for rebellion against the synagogue of Satan. Time for rebellion against those who murdered Jesus Christ. Time to name it. Time to say it. Get up. Get off your knees. Stop groveling trying to earn their forgiveness or respect or friendship. Stop serving Satan. Stop serving his synagogue. Song of Deborah is very important. Love the Song of Deborah. She, she tells the whole story right here. She said there wasn't a sword or shield seen among 40,000 in Israel. They were unarmed people. They allowed themselves to be disarmed. Right now there's a civilian disarmament program going on in the United States pushed by the same old people, same old suspects, hiding behind different 
Just remember, just like Satan hid behind the serpent, you got these other people hiding by behind do-good organizations, the ADL, SBLC, Democrat Party, Republicans too, evil bastards. Excuse me. Fatherless people. God is not their father. Illegitimate. All right. Sunday morning. Good morning. My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who volunteered amongst the people. There's honor waiting for you if you volunteer. There's honors waiting for you if you stand too and say, I'll go and I'll fight and I'll lift my voice. Speaking of these armed people, there's not a sword or shield seen among 40,000 in Israel. But you look at, the, look at our ancestor, look at our patriarch Abraham. He had three, 318 armed and trained men in his household. Armed and trained, ready for war. Not just some old rusty old tool in the, in the back closet. Armed, trained. Well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't, that sounds extremist to me. You need to be a little more extreme. You need to stop being afraid of those who hate Jesus Christ. So Deborah says, she's, this is part of the song of Deborah, my heart goes out to the commander of Israel who volunteered. The volunteers among the people. And she goes on and she talks about those who were afraid to go to battle and those who stood to amidst the danger. Among the, uh, the, the divisions of Reuben, Reuben, there was great trembling in the heart. And she says, why did you remain among the sheepfolds? Do you hear the piping for the flocks? Among the divisions of Rumud, there was great searchings of the heart. They had fear, and they were afraid. They were terrified. They were unarmed men. They had to go in front of the 900 iron chariots. Oh, that's not God. That's not God. I don't think God was speaking to me. You do what you need to do, but that's not God. That's how we do it. I, I, I'm an expert at this because I've done the same thing. I'm not even better than anybody else. Oh, it can't be God. And you'll get, oh, believe me, you'll find people that'll agree with you too. No, no, that's no, that's not God. No, you got to take care of your family. <laughs> Don't go to war. In your life, in your heart, and in this generation, there's a deep trembling in deciding of what to do in the face of insurmountable odds. It's, the, it's supposed to be that way. That's the way it's supposed to be. You don't think it was that way for Jesus Christ? Oh, that was Jesus. You don't think that was that way for Stephen or Peter? You don't think for a moment that when Peter stood up to preach on the day of Pentecost, he didn't have fear that he was going to march the way that Jesus Christ went and get crucified? Of course he did. 99.9% .9 chance that he was going to get crucified on the spot for standing up and preaching in the day of Pentecost. Because that's what they did to Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't they do it to him? You don't think Stephen had that inkling too, that he was going to get murdered, and he got murdered. He did it anyway. Pastor. Gilead remained across the Jordan. Why did Dan stay on his ships? Asher sat on the seashore and remained by his landings. 
cowards and unbelieving go to hell before the cigarette smoker. All right. But Zebulun, Zebulun was the people who despised their lives even unto death and naphtali also on the high places of the field. In, in Judges 4, verse 6, it said, Deborah had commanded Barak to take 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulun, and they showed up knowing that they were going to die, knowing that they were going to be slaughtered by these 900 iron chariots. They didn't have sword and shield. They showed up. It wasn't worth it for them to live in cowardice and shame and fear. It wasn't worth it to them. Terrified. They said, no, I'd rather die. I'd rather die. I'd rather be a free man than than live in cowardice and, 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 and be alive. Rather be a, a, a free man and honor our monarch, Jesus Christ. Forget the 900 iron chariots. Bring it. Bring it. How'd they win? How'd they win? Well, that's not possible. Verse 20. The stars fought from heaven from their courses. And they fought against Sisera. The stars, the angels fought from their courses and they fought against the armies of darkness. When the 10,000 men from Zebulun and Naphtali put their lives on the line against the 900 iron chariots, Jesus Christ stood up and he took notice. Same as he did with Stephen. And the angels of God fought from heaven to destroy Sisera. You're not going to get a miracle unless you stand too and stand up and say what Jesus Christ said and identify the enemy of all mankind. This is your time. This is your hour to fight the Antichrist. It's not coming. It's here. Curse Maris, says the angel of the Lord. Who's the angel of the Lord? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was there. He was there. And he's here today. And he's looking for the volunteers that will be brave. Curse Maris, said Jesus Christ. Utterly curse its inhabitants because they did not come to the help of the Lord. To help the Lord against the warriors. Curse Maris, because in the hour they didn't come to help the Lord. Didn't not not didn't say they didn't come to help their, their brother, their fellow mankind. No, they didn't come to help the Lord. They abandoned the Lord Jesus Christ because they were cowards and they were afraid and unbelieving. Jesus Christ says, curse them because they didn't show up. But most blessed is Jael. She struck Sisera, she smashed his head in and shattered and pierced his temple between her feet. He bowed down, he lay down, he fell between her feet. She bowed down and he fell dead. Thus let all thy enemies perish, O Lord Jesus Christ. But let those who love him be like the rising of the sun in all its might. Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com.